Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Strife Sanctum. My name is Citizen Strife, and this week, the anime I'm going to be talking about is based on a visual novel. Rumbling Hearts, otherwise known as Kimiga no Zomu A.N., The Destiny You Desire. And I'd watched this probably a decade ago first time and was enthralled by it then i rewatched it a few months back i've been kind of avoiding it for some reason just because it's one of those ones where you kind of have to be in the right mood to watch it and i have to say it still holds up though i'd say it's for certain people if you're looking for a certain kind of mood but then the more I looked on looked about it, the more I learned about the actual development of the game and learned what the endings are and learned, hmm, well, this is not what I expected. So, yeah, I learned a few things that I'm kind of surprised. Let me just put it this way. Having learned about the endings of the video game, I'm kind of surprised the anime adaptation is as great as it is. But again... It, it, it's one of those things, almost like near, where you have to be in the mindset for it. So, I don't want to give away all of the endings, because that's not the point. The The point here is kind of like Lull in the Sea or Quintessential Quintuplets. A lot of the like inner character drama and where like people's hearts lie, that's kind of where the show succeeds or fails. Because if you're gripped by the narrative and the characters and who's feeling what for whom in in kind of a romance, this is going to be that show. If some of the things that go on in it, which are very, very adult, and it gets too much, and you want something a little lighthearted, this is not for you. It is designed purely to kind of foster like bad feelings right i would say this show is mean-spirited but by design because i think the concept of it the situation that presents itself is mean-spirited now i don't think that's indicative of the characters i don't think any character outside of one or two are meant to be likable there are it's a situation where nobody comes out ahead, and I will describe that point. So there's going to be spoilers for like the first few episodes and the goings-on afterwards, but how it ends, I will keep to myself. But I will disclose some of the endings that are optional just to show you, you know how dark this shit can go. Not stuff in the anime versions, by the way. The anime version only has two specific endings. So bear that in mind. But the setup is pretty simple. So these people in high school, these four friends, uh, Takeyuki, Haruka, Mitsuki, and Shinji, are, I think they're graduating high school or starting high school. I want to say starting high school at this point. Um... Starting or ending, anyway. But they're graduating, but Haruka is the straightforward girl that just cannot 
you know, cannot confess, right? Simple setup. Makes sense. So Haruka Suzumiya is voiced by Carrie Savage, who's been in, like, tons and tons and tons of stuff. You know her voice. She was Marumi in Paranoia Agent. She was the main character of Niki Tosen. For God forbid for what that's worth. Not her fault, by the way. (laughs) But she had funny stories about having to dub that. But essentially, mousy girl, quiet. No, I mean meek. Meek girl. Can't confess to her to her friend Takayuki, voiced by Kevin Connolly. This is like the only show I know him from. He's more of an ADR director. But Mitsuki, their other friend, voiced by Colleen Clinkenbeard, who we obviously have heard of, Hawkeye and um, other people, Yuko from Holic and whatnot, basically everything. So Mitsuki is more opinionated and whatever, has feelings for Takayuki, but is more just trying to be a wing girl for Haruka, gets them together. Shinji's there in the background. David Wilson Brown voices him. He's just kind of a side character. Does stuff later, but but for all intents and purposes, Takayuki, Haruka, Mitsuki. Pretty simple setup. Help a girl, help a girlfriend get a date. They hit it off. First couple episodes, you don't really do anything. Takayuki and Haruka don't really get along. And again, it's not like oil and water. It's more like you don't know if they're really like there's any chemistry there. But they slowly kind of get it and they slowly kind of get together and they go to Haruka's home and they meet Akane, who's their sister, voiced by Leah Clark, another Funimation veteran at that point. You know, um, so Akane is also involved. So you essentially have your four main leads. So a couple episodes go by and Takayuki and Haruka slowly kind of hit it off. And they, they say, OK, we're going to meet up. We're going to do something, maybe college entrance exams or what have you. I'm going to hang out in front of a in front of a station, in front of a red light. I'm going to wait for you. It's fine. Mitsuki shows up. And stops Takayuki and says, hey, I want to spend some time. Do you have any time? He's racing to try and meet Haruka at the station. He spends like five or ten minutes buying her a ring. Unbeknownst to her and him, Haruka gets into an accident. And that's the crux of it. Car runs her over. She's bleeding. She runs into a coma. And that's where the first few episodes end. That's where, like, chapter one of the game ends. Time goes by. Haruka is still in a coma. And Takayuki falls into, like, PTSD, depression, obviously stuff like that. Really serious crap. Mitsuki is affected by Takayuki basically being an invalid, tries to help him by doing so. You know, she's a world-class swimmer or is trying to be, her times start failing, she loses sponsorship, she loses all that stuff, and her life kind of spirals. And she decides that she wants to take care of him. And she falls for him and he slowly 
pieces things together over a couple of years. Akane tries to follow in Mitsuki's footsteps as kind of a mentor thing, finds out that Mitsuki was sleeping with Takayuki. And years go by, and just no, no. <laughs> it becomes a terrible situation. So now Akane thinks Takayuki is a piece of shit for sleeping with somebody else behind her back, but also takes it on Mitsuki for doing most of the legwork. And again, Mitsuki is not likable. But the but the crux of it after a while is that Takayuki slowly pieces his life together, but he's still racked with guilt, and they both are, admittedly. So therein becomes the crux of the issue. They're kind of in what is known as a loveless relationship. More of matter of convenience, and their feelings are just kind of like, we know what we've done is wrong, and people hate us for it. Akane wants Takayuki to visit Haruka in the hospital, who's coming out of a coma. She gets these, like, weird visions, thinking that it's still high school and whatnot. So they try to kind of concoct this plan where they won't show that it's time has gone by. So it becomes a thing where, for several episodes, it becomes the, do you... Racked with guilt, go with the relationship that you had that was blossoming. And Haruka had no, you know, Haruka had nothing wrong with her. She was the victim in this. <laughs> or does the passage of time change people? And let's face it, Takayuki has gotten a new job in a, in a, in a, you know, just a restaurant working part full, you know, part time trying to do his his life, trying to work with Mitsuki, who has a job, you know, three to five years go by. People change. Admittedly, it makes sense. Again, they're in this like loveless relationship sort of thing. And now Akane throws in this monkey wrench saying, look, you are guilt bound. Basically, you never, you know, broke it off. She's at fault. She has driven you to this. You should be with Haruka and our family. Let's make things work again because this was a terrible situation. So you can kind of see where just the intensity of it kind of... And, and that's what the manifestation is. The, the, the idea that time passes and in a way you can understand, well... I don't know if I still love this person or not because I'm not the same person I was when we were together. The world got ripped apart from us. Can we make up for lost time? So therein lies kind of the trap. So a few episodes in the middle part of the show is about exploring this. It's about exploring what is Haruka feeling knowing that she's woken up from a coma? What is her family thinking? What is Akane thinking driving Takayuki to be do what she thinks is right and say, make up for lost time. She was your girlfriend first. Takayuki, and admittedly, like it's kind of a weird, it's almost like a Catherine situation. If you've played the Catherine video game, it's like 
it's kind of a loveless, like a lose-lose situation because I'm not going to say he's like as immobile as Vincent, but at the same time, he also doesn't want to be mentioning to somebody who just woke up, hey, I'm with your friend now. The girlfriend, you like the relationship we thought we had was taken from you, and now your best friend is my girlfriend. That's fucked up, right? So obviously, they're trying to skirt around the issue and try to make things, you know, not be in. So, so it's it's a weird thing, and that's really how the show progresses. Is Takeyuki is kind of torn between what he thought he was going to have and making up for lost time. And again, there is no right answer. I'm not saying Haruka is right or Mitsuki is wrong or whatever. Mitsuki does not come off looking very well in this situation. Takeyuki doesn't because he's waffling back and forth. And you can definitely tell the show kind of plays on that. The, the show plays on which direction does he go? Which direction does Haruka go? What revelations does she remember? What does Mitsuki do? And Mitsuki ends up going into really, really dark places. Um, so again, nobody ends up looking good. What I will say is that this sort of melodrama is kind of intense, and that's what I remember most. It is very dark. It is not meant to be a happy-go-lucky situation because the situation itself is not really good. You have this idea that, you know, Takeyuki and Akane have feelings, you know, sort of. The the show doesn't express it, but again, you can kind of go in that direction if you want to, in the game at least. Though, again, that kind of skirts the weird lines, and I'll go over that later. There are a couple of other characters, Ayu and Mayu. They're, they're co-workers at this restaurant that Takeyuki's working at part-time, but they're more for comic relief. There are actually extra characters you can potentially date in in the game, but the anime doesn't express it, and I'm kind of glad they don't. They're mainly there to be whatever happy-go-lucky comic relief is there in the show because there's like 10% comedy at most times is mostly the melodrama. You know, it is mostly the love story dominating everything. So Ayu and Mayu don't really do much. They're kind of dumb. And I, they exist as a, as a counterpoint, but I don't know if it was necessary to even express it. I guess it's there to show that you have something. Takeyuki is at least building something. You know, creating a life for himself after after his PTSD and depression. You know, he's a good enough worker. He's the person holding things together at this restaurant. And people rely on him, even if, if Ayu and Mayu, these younger idiots, are just being stupid or klutzy. And Ayu says stupid things all the time, like, uh, hope you step in cat crap or something. It's really juvenile. It doesn't fit with the um, the tone. And again, these are just side things that just annoy me sometimes. But really, whether you want to watch the show or not, or I don't think you could play the game again if you wanted to. I forget if it's even available because it was back on the Dreamcast of all things. If that shows you how far back this 
the show goes. The fact that it holds up after 15 years says a lot. Well, 15 to 20 years holds up because of that. It is a heavy drama, and the show does split into two separate endings. So there is a Miski ending, and then there's a Haruka ending. So you can kind of do a little bit of both. Having said that, the video game version, ooh boy. Stick with the anime, I will say this much. If you're a little squeamish, I would stop now. But when I read up about what the video game endings were, oh dear God, I uh, I wish I hadn't. So let's just say this was meant for weird I don't know why they added these endings, to be honest. There's these set of nurses that are involved. In the anime, they're just kind of there as receptionists. They don't really do anything. In the video game version, you can actually date them if you want. One of them like, was totally changed in the anime and given nothing to work with. Turns out, you can pursue her, and she's a bit of a weirdo, and she's yonder, and it goes in weird directions and involves torture. Another one is you follow off with Akane, and Haruka goes into another coma, and Akane is a surrogate mother. There's another one where it's like Miski's taken as a sex slave. Not that this shows up in the anime, mind you. This is the video game or a DVD only. This was meant to be in like a like a <laughs> heavy, intense game, I guess. So whoever wrote this decided to go full bore in it. The anime version does not do that. I want to stress that. I I want to stress that it is purely about relationship drama and the effects of that. I just wanted to be I wanted to make sure you were aware that the game itself does go in some dark, dark directions. Because that's kind of the point. The relationship stuff takes center stage in the anime. And I'm, again, I am floored by the fact that for something that went off in such weird-ass fucking directions in the game where a DVD was turned into an anime that was very dark. But dark enough that it made sense... To where that nobody comes off looking good. And I, and I do want to stress that when I come with a recommendation. Again, this is not happy-go-lucky romance. Kind of fidgety, kind of blah, blah, blah. No, this is... Everybody's having bad situation. Everybody's kind of in a bad mood. Everybody comes off in a bad way. And it's very stiff and very unnerving at times. Sometimes a little too much. But I found myself absorbed by it the first time I watched it, and then the second time I still felt, even though I knew where it was going, I was still being absorbed by it. The comedy, what was there, was kind of... It doesn't really have a place, but it's there to help you kind of get like a minute of solace. That's essentially what being at the Sky Temple sometimes is. If you see these two characters, they're meant to... You know, Ayu and Mayo are there to get your mind off of the situation that the love story presents. But again, everybody's going to have a different mindset, much like the Catherine situation. I talked about this when I reviewed Catherine way back. 
love does different things to different people. So your thought process of, do you go with this girl who you were going to have a relationship with and was torn away by, like nothing happened? Or is the passage of time so strong and your feelings for somebody who you were in a loveless relationship with, but you still want to make it work? Because, let's face it, whether it was an affair or whether it was just the passage of time, whatever method, whatever mindset you want to describe it, the relationship has happened. There's no way around that. So is love something you can kind of keep in a bottle and then just keep as it was? Or do you just move on? Do people age? Do people change? And I think different mindset, if you're coming at it from the perspective of a ten, like a 15-year-old or a 25-year-old or 35-year-old, it's going to be different for different people at different stages of your life. I still think that anybody could watch this and kind of understand it. It is a very simple story at the the crux of it. But it is meant for a, a kind of like, I want something dark. And sometimes I want to cry or sometimes I just want to really feel, you know, that's kind of unnerving. When you get something like this where a show goes this far and says, yeah, not everybody comes out looking good. And there's like no winners in this situation. That's kind of the vibe I get from this. So what I recommend rumbling hearts. Yes, provided you understand what you're getting into when you're watching it. If this is the kind of thing you want to get into as far as a romance show, that's going to be what you're going to get, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Is it perfect? No, but I still remember it years later as one of my favorite shows, and I was rewarded when I rewatched it. So I, I definitely enjoyed rewatching it. But that'll do it for this week's review. And let's see what's on the docket going forward. We have Donkey Kong Country 2 next week. Yay, I love me some DKC2. Dixie's the best. Lupin the Third, the woman called Fujiko Mine, talking about dark shit that gets really weird. Rogue Galaxy, Tenshi Muyo and Tenshi Universe, a lot more goofy. Final Fantasy V, which I'm replaying. Yay, I love it. And which got a tremendous amount of votes, and I almost feel like got vote stuffed. I've never had this before. Snow White with the red hair. Seriously, the, the poll for this got more votes than I have subscribers. So, uh, uh, to say I was bemused by that poll is beyond me, so I had to shut it down a little bit. But anyway... That's what we'll be doing next time. But for Rumbling Hearts, this is it. And I will see you guys next time. Citizen Strive, signing off.